Welcome to the Evolve Move Play podcast, where we bring you the most interesting and enlightening conversations around movement practice and how you can become the most heroic version of yourself through pursuing movement that's relevant to your nature. This is a podcast that's going to feature some of the top movers in the world, some of the most amazing movement thinkers, and people from fields that are related to movement as far afield as evolutionary theory, strength and conditioning, and everything in between. So if you're interested in movement, please stick around. And if you like our work and want to support it, please consider supporting us on Patreon because this podcast is completely listener supported. We don't want to take any advertising. We don't want to interrupt your experience of watching the show. So what really helps us get the best thinkers on, have the time to put these together, have the best quality for you guys as far as audio and video is your support. So please consider supporting us and enjoy the rest of the show. Hey guys, Rafer from Evolve Move Play. Today we've got a special and not especially fun episode of the Evolve Move Play podcast. We're going to talk about coronavirus and how we in the movement community can deal with it and how it's going to affect us going forward. Um, as people in the movement community, we have a really strong incentive to not take this seriously because if it is as serious as it might be, it's going to have a huge impact on the way we can practice um, and potentially on most of our livelihoods, those of us who work in the industry. So there's a lot of reasons why people might want to bury their head in the sand here, and I think that's a terrible idea. Um, you'll hear very often people say that, oh, this is just a bad flu season. And, you know, maybe that's going to happen. It's looking very, very unlikely at this point. Um, but that's our best case scenario. Um, if people act very quickly and are very smart, then we might be able to reduce the impact of this. But at the moment, the numbers of coronavirus do not look like a normal flu season at all. And it's important for people to realize that we're in the midst of a global pandemic and that our personal behavior has a big impact on what that pandemic looks like over the long run. So let's compare coronavirus to uh, to the flu. Now, I wrote down all these figures in a blog post. You can check that out in the description. So don't quote me on the figures here, but I'm going to try to remember them as best as I can. Basically, um, in an average year here in the United States, something between 9 to 45 million people get the flu. Um, the case fatality rate for the flu is uh, it's a tenth of a percent. So um, it's a big deal. You know, this year in the last flu season, we had about 6,600 people die because of flu. Um, currently, in the world, there's about 3,800 people who've died because of coronavirus. So you might say, why are we so worried about coronavirus? It seems like flu is actually a bigger deal. The problem with that perspective is that the coronavirus has the potential to scale to a much larger pandemic event than flu has. Um, and there's a few different reasons for that. So one of the main things about coronavirus is that we don't have any immunity to it. It's a novel virus to almost everyone who experiences it, which means that it can spread much more widely. So many more people are gonna get it this year, unless there's major interventions than we see with the flu virus. So um, Mark Lipstitch from the uh, University of Harvard, who's an epidemiologist, has speculated that between 40 to 70% of the world's population will get coronavirus. Um, so that is way more than get 
about flu in a normal year. Um, now, we don't know exactly a lot of the details about coronavirus because it's new, but in Wuhan, where it initially started, the case fatality rate for um, coronavirus was 5.8. So that's 58 times as deadly as the flu. Um, now, that was a situation where uh, the hospitals were overwhelmed and a lot of people who needed supportive care for coronavirus didn't get it. Once the Chinese government got on the ball and started really taking steps to mitigate coronavirus and get people the care that they needed, um, that fatality rate went down to 1% or even below 1%. So they reduced it by five times or more. So it really depends on how good our governments are in responding to this, what that fatality rate is. But we can expect that this is going to be between five to ten times as deadly as the flu, as well as affecting far, far more people. The American Health Association has predicted that with a case fatality rate of 0.5%, um, that we'll see 480,000 people die this year in the United States from coronavirus. This is not a flu. Um, it is much more dangerous than a flu. It is going to potentially overwhelm, it's, it's very likely to overwhelm our medical care system in many places. Um, there is about 330,000 beds available in the United States at any one time. Um, there's about 2.8, if I remember correctly, beds per thousand citizens, but about 65% of them are, uh, are occupied at any one time. So what's left over is about 33,000 beds. Now, coronavirus has a doubling time between two to seven days. Once that you know, uh, starts doubling faster and faster, we have an exponential effect. Um, and the, the, the numbers will just grow and grow. So currently in Seattle, which is the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak, we've had, uh, I think, 16 deaths. And there are, um, you know, uh, something like 80 confirmed cases. If we look at uh, China, six weeks, it's, it's seven weeks since the coronavirus saw, uh, uh, came into our region. If we look at China, uh, six weeks out from the original um, coronavirus, they had three deaths and, um, and, and 60 reported cases. So we're in a similar space to where they are. If you fast forward one month, you'll see that they had 40,000 infected and over 1,000 people dead. Uh, currently in Italy, um, just in the last 24 hours, 133 people died. Now, in all of the previous time that coronavirus has been in Italy, only 233 people died. This is what happens as exponential multipliers are applied to a virus and it spreads rapidly through a population. Um, coronavirus was first reported in Italy only on fe uh, February 21st. Today I'm talking to you guys, it's March 8th. Right? They have over 9,000 cases now. So that's how rapidly this thing can spread. And what happens is as it spreads, all those hospital beds get taken up. If you project the numbers and the doubling rate that we currently have, then the entire capacity of the U.S. healthcare system is likely, every bed is likely to be full, filled by the middle of March. Also, we're going to run out of surgical masks. And as those things happen, we're going to see that the healthcare workers in our, um, 
in our medical system are going to get the sick themselves and so we'll have reduced care for the sick because the people who do that care are themselves going to be sick. Um, the Life Care Center in Kirkland is the epicenter of the outbreak of coronavirus in Washington. So they've had 16 uh, deaths um, that are definitely attributable to coronavirus, but they've actually lost 26 out of the 120 people who were in their care. Um, and it's very likely that most of those people also died from coronavirus. 70% of their staff of 180 people now show signs of coronavirus and are having to be quarantined. So, you know, this is incredibly dangerous because there's who's going to be giving care. So this is happening. We are facing a global pandemic on a scale that we haven't seen since at least 1957 and very likely since 1918 and something that may be even larger than the Spanish flu. Um, the numbers are very, very uh, uncertain, right? This could be, uh, this could be much less bad than we're than it currently looks and it could also be worse it could be the worst pandemic in absolute numbers that we've ever seen um, we have a lot of uncertainty and we need to behave as if uh, as if this might go really bad the good news for most of my audience here most of you guys are probably under 40 years old and if you're under 40 years old uh, your chances of dying from this are very similar to the flu. The case fatality rate for uh, people who are under 40 years old is 0.2%. So it's just twice as dangerous as the flu. Uh, you're really unlikely to die from this. In fact, 80% of the people who get it have a mild case. Um, so most of you, you know, are not going to have a really bad time with this. However, we are all vectors for the disease. And if we don't behave in ways that reduce the spread of the disease, then the people in our lives who are 50, 60, 70, 80 are going to be put under much greater risk and that's going to overwhelm the healthcare system. And if you have any other health issue, if you might get injured in May, um, you may not be able to get seen by a doctor because the entire capacity of the system will be exhausted by coronavirus. So this is something that we all have a vested interest in. So important thing to understand about coronavirus is it's an infection of the lungs, right? It's spread by droplets that come out of the mouth and nose, potentially the eyes, but mostly the mouth and nose. Sneezing, coughing, these are the big things that, that spread this disease. It has about a six foot spray around you anytime you sneeze or cough. You can pick it up by putting your hand down on a surface that has been sneezed on or coughed on and then putting your hand to your mouth, eyes, or nose. So, that's going to be the big thing is making sure that your hands stay clean and you're not putting yourself in a situation where you can easily cough or sneeze on somebody or in somebody's space or have that happen to you. Now, gyms and movement facilities are going to be some of the biggest culprits in potentially spreading this disease. Um, I do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu um, among the many arts that I practice, and I think this is potentially one of the most dangerous things that you could engage in as far as spreading this disease. Because when you are body to body to saw with somebody physically grappling, um, it is almost impossible to control what is exhaling out of your mouth and nose. Um, anybody who 
who has this, who wrestles, is going to, who grapples, is going to spread this to the other people around them. Um, so this is something that, that, that you have to take seriously. At Evolve Move Play, we've made a decision to get rid of all of our body-to-body -body practices for the moment. Um, this is a really hard decision for us because we are actually just putting out a whole series of material on the way in which we use body-to-body -body practices to help people develop more adaptable, effective skill sets that they can apply in any circumstance. We think this is the heart of really effective movement practice, but right now it is dangerous. Um, so we're going to have to focus on other aspects of our method uh, for the moment. So in all, all our classes, there's no more body-to-body -body work. Um, we already train predominantly outside, but we highly recommend this to any uh, movement teachers out there, any gyms, is if you can move your classes outdoors, this will reduce risk, right? Um, sunlight is a disinfectant, uh, and you know, having more space around you means that it's easier to, to move athletes further away from each other where they're less likely to communicate uh, this disease to each other. Um, hygiene is going to be incredibly important. Wash your hands for 20 seconds, multiple times a day. Anytime you change environment, anytime you're going to go somewhere new, anytime you come in contact with somebody who you're, isn't part of your, you know, your direct nuclear family um, or the people you're in contact with every day, uh, you want to wash those hands. Um, if you're training indoors um, or in a highly trafficked space, you need to have alcohol-based wipes that are 60% alcohol or more and wipe those down. Um, for people who are, say, jujiteros, who do a lot of body-to-body -body work, um, this is a great time to work on movement skills in a more general way. Work on your rolls, work on your shrimps, work on all of the mechanics that help you do jujitsu well. Work on your strength, your mobility. Um, you know, if you do some MMA, if you do some, uh, some kickboxing, hit a bag. Make sure you're wiping that bag down with alcohol. Make sure you're getting it clean. Um, this is, this is a responsibility that we have, not so much to ourselves if we're young athletes, but to the entire community. Um, these are the things that you can do. Uh, become aware, right? Educate yourself about this and start educating people around you. You know, we've taken our children out of school. We believe all the schools should be shut down. We're practicing social isolation. We're not going to large public gatherings. Um, there's a, a number of things that we can do to, to reduce the spread of this. This will spread through most of the population. There's really no way to stop that. But if it spreads much slower, we're going to, uh, the, the slower it spreads, the less stress on the healthcare system at any one time, which means the better care, which means the lower the case mortality rate. If we want to have that uh, less than 1% case fatality rate we saw um, in the later stages of what was happening in China, um, we need to take responsibility for this. Um, otherwise, we're going to be seeing the potential that, you know, uh, five to six percent of the people who get this are going to die, and 40 percent of people are going to get it, and, you know, that rate in the elderly is going to be incredibly high. That's, that's the potential that we're seeing. Um, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but the American Health Association is, a, is projecting under conservative estimates that 480,000 Americans will die in the next year. Um, if you take the lowest, kind of most conservative, uh, most conservative estimate of the case fatality rate, and you say 40% of the world gets it, you're talking about hundreds of millions of people uh, potentially dying, tens of millions of people anyways. So this is, this is something that's extremely serious. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I should say, and I should have said this before, I'm not an epidemiologist, I'm not a virologist, 
I'm only saying this because I do have a platform people are looking to me and I see too many people in our communities who are not making themselves aware of this. I did reach out and call the UW Virology, the University of Washington Virology Department, and got to speak with uh, one of the people there off record and you know, got to confirm some of my ideas around you know, what might be safe ways, uh, safe ways to continue practicing movement um, and the many risks that we need to negotiate. I also spoke to friends from molecular biologists and had other expertise that were, that were relevant to this and I did as much research as I could. Uh, you can check through the, the, the article that's linked if you want to see any of the links. I'll have all the sources in the description here. Um, you know, let's, let's get serious about this. Let's talk about how we as a community of movers um, can help make the world healthier um, through making intelligent decisions. You know, what are you doing to prepare? How are you going to take care of yourself? How are you going to make sure that you're behaving in a way that's going to help your family and the broader community uh, do well? So that's, that's the, ta the, the thing I wanted to share with you guys today. I hope this makes sense to everybody, and I really hope you'll take the potential of this pandemic seriously. Um, if this turns out to have not been a big deal, it will probably be because a lot of people overreacted. Um, and if it turns out to be a big deal, then a lot of people are going to regret not overreacting earlier. And unfortunately, I think that's the situation that we're in, is that this is going to look... Um, a lot of people are going to look bad looking back because people are trying to save face and trying to make money when they should have been trying to save people's lives. So those are my thoughts for today. Um, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for listening to the Evolve Move Play podcast. If you really like the content we're putting out, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a review. It helps tremendously in getting the word out about what we're doing. And of course, you really want to support us. You can support us on Patreon. This is a listener-funded podcast. And through your funding, it allows us to have the best equipment and to attract the best guests and build our audience. So we really appreciate it if you do those things. And we look forward to talking to you next time.